Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Salutations, everybody. It's Maddie here today with a quick audio warning. So OBS is a piece of trash and decided to double up on my audio recording. So I sound a little bit more robotic than usual. I hope that's okay with you guys. I did some audio adjustments, so it doesn't sound as bad as it could have, but it's still something a bit noticeable. So I want to make you guys aware of the issue itself. It won't happen next week or the continuing weeks afterwards. Once again, I hope you enjoy this episode of the Ham Radio Podcast, and I will catch you guys next time. Peace out. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 147 of the Ham Radio Podcast. Up, it's me, Carrick, with ACG. And we do not have a third or fourth host. We have a couple of plans we want to talk about um, because Lone has left last week. First off, I want to thank everyone for the support on the show. A lot of people really came out and showed some love, not only for Lone, but for the future of the show and ready to embrace whoever comes on next. Uh, Our plans going forward for now is we're not going to rush a new host. We want to just get as many patrons on. We want to get as many other YouTubers on and really just enjoy to some extent this additional space we have now because normally we're limited to one guest. Now we can always push it to two, three if we want. So we definitely want to go ahead and try to move forward with this plan and if we find a good click later on we will. But a lot of people were also speaking their mind saying it would be cool to see just Carrick and I on this show. So we're just going to really roll with that and, and really focus on getting you guys involved in the show more because that's what's important. That's what keeps this show alive. So yes, uh, that is the plan moving forward. If you'd like to become a patron, that is always linked in the description down below along with links for those who are listening on the go, whether it is uh, iTunes, Google Play. Um, it's easier though, I will say, if you are a dollar patron, you get early podcast access as well as a SoundCloud link every Friday. Um, it goes live with that early access and you guys can listen on the go or on your PC, whatever you want. So yes, now with that all out of the way, we had a very busy week in gaming. Holy shit, where do we begin? Let's start off with Bethesda Game Studios, Austin. They announced an expansion. What is your initial takeaway from this, Carrick? Well, I, like, remember when uh, a couple months, it was probably months ago, where we were talking about, like, what would, you know, what would we like to see Bethesda work on, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So my my internal hope is that, you know, somewhere far off they're actually doing some you know some crazy thing that we don't expect from them that would be that's that's the first thing i thought of honestly because other than that it would just be like the the stuff that we would expect and i'm sort of hoping i'm sort of hoping that like let's say they are all oh no we've been working on the space game but we need a austin to take over the next fall fallout or something like that i would okay. i would adore that idea i would love that idea i like that thought yeah, I think uh, no matter what perspective you come from, this is obviously good news. Uh, the company's growing. Um, they're taking what was formerly Battlecry Studios and turning it into the Austin version of Bethesda Game Studios. So for those who don't know, Battlecry was supposed to be this free-to-play, third-person, competitive multiplayer title that had the art style of Dishonored, and it just never took off. It's not that it looked awful, just it never grabbed... Is it out? Attention. No, I don't know. It just, it like, it never even got released. Yeah, it literally oh, was wow. talked about for, I think, two E3s. 
never gained any traction. Bethesda went on radio silence for it. And that was it. And people were just like, is Battlecry canceled? Or and, and, and Pete Ives would mention it, like when he's going through his role of the studios, he's like, Yeah, we got id, we got Arcane Ego, we have Battlecry Studios. Everyone's sitting there thinking, like, are they still working on Battlecry? Are they I thought they were retooling the whole game, but uh, it turns out that now they are being turned into BGS. So mm. when they added Montreal, we figured, all right, you know, it's a smaller expansion. They're probably just gonna help the Maryland studio work on their titles, which they are, but eventually Montreal moved on to make uh, Skyrim Special Edition, which was, you know, a pretty big deal. Um, it created a, a big Skyrim meme, but, uh, you know, it was a uh, their first console release. So I'm personally expecting something along the lines of that from Austin. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, you know, a Fallout 3 New Vegas collection um, operized for new consoles. I, I think that's totally not out of the realm of possibility now that they have all these additional studios. Would you say that's a... Uh, something you can see happening three maybe i mean um i don't know true i mean who owns uh new vegas like i mean does obsidian get a say in that and i would assume obsidian would want to work on it Mm -hmm. they've got their own thing right now so three would be three would i mean i know that people like the story i I think you even like the story better in new vegas if i remember right but yes to some extent it's like three sentimental new vegas is like i love these choices yeah so um, either one would be cool. I would, if you're going to remake anything, the honest truth is, and I think we've talked about this before, but like I didn't think Fallout 3, even when I loved it, looked that good. Absolutely. So the idea of a remaster would be really nice because mm. it's a little like Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is coming out. It was released at a time when like the old consoles were still sort of the thing. And yes. so they didn't, sh- they didn't shoot for the moon kind of thing. And, and you looked at it and you're all, mm, yeah. And I would love to see Fallout 3, you know, with some good improvements. We've already seen what it can do with just the Xbox X, where they showed huge improvements um, just with filtering and stuff. But a fully remastered one would be cool. I would absolutely love that. I'd love if, see, the dream, right? The dream is a a Fallout collection. Like, one, two, ported to consoles, along with three in New Vegas, somehow making their way there. I would adore that. I, I think especially after experiencing one and two. Um, it, it's just, I feel those are games that a, a lot of Fallout fans would appreciate, but not many will ever get around to. Although, I mean, these are these are games from the late 90s. I think most co- computers nowadays can run these. Yeah. Um, but still, I, I love it if they, they got more widespread attention. Like, uh, you know, here's Fallout 3 Remastered, and then uh, kind of like what Bayonetta 2 did with the Switch, where they also said, like, on the top right corner of the box, like, includes Bayonetta 1. This would be, like, right. includes Fallout 1 and 2. And I think that would be a cool way to just uh, get those games some more recognition because the lore in the Fallout series is so important. But also, I think it would just be really cool for fans to see uh, where Fallout started from. Because, I mean, I remember during Fallout 4, like, it's a little hype trip. Uh-huh. Little, I say. It's a big hype trip. Um, you know, there was a time where people thought Fallout 3 was the first one. And I know that sounds ridiculous. How's 3 the start of right. the series? But, I, I mean, I wasn't, I never thought there, oh, there was never a Fallout 1 and 2. But I remember when I saw Fallout 1 and 2, I thought I looked up the wrong video on YouTube because I was trying to find gameplay for it when I played Fallout 3 for the first time in like 08, I think it was. And, um, you know, I, I look at this overhead strategy or isometric rpg i'm just like what the fuck right. is this 
Um, yeah, I have a question. Would, would you would you be cool if? I mean, I'm sure you would be cool with anything they do. But what if? <laughs> what if? What if they were gonna? What if they decided to throw a huge change into Fallout? Like, I'm not saying change it from back to tabletop look isometric or anything. But what if they were like, we're going another 150 years in the future, or we're doing or Japan or somewhere. Yeah. The reason why I bring that up is because we do consistently see the Americanization, you know, location mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's like Chicago, New York, like when even when people talk about it, the next one they want, you know, it's like all those places are those names are always mentioned. Even yeah. Portland, Oregon, somebody's I saw somebody mention that. But it's like to me, I mean, I don't know as much about Fallout, so maybe it makes no sense to do another nation. For maybe we, maybe we did nuke them all in the story. But I thought some lived because Alaska, the Anchorage mission, mm -hmm. I thought that was to, to to indicate that some did live. I could be wrong. I would love to see uh, them go to another place. Yeah. See, the thing with going to another place is I'm not against it. I just know that the draw for Fallout is that you know because it's like it's Americana. Stuff, yeah, it's the stuff that yeah. goes hand in hand. Like if you're not if you don't have that Americana, you don't have the '50s music. Yeah. So if you're in Russia, it's like what do you do then? I feel like it changes up oh a lot of the identity of the series. It, it does, Maddie. But it would if you have you ever listened to old like Perestroika, like the old no. old Russian. No. Oh, dude, it's got a very folksy. Um, well, then maybe it would work if that's it. The would case. that's what I was saying is it would be cool to like imagine what a mind fuck it would be if if E3 Bethesda was like, you know, there's nothing, and then you hear the static that we're mm. accustomed to, and then instead of American, like you know, you got to <laughs> set the world on fire. It's like you know, I can't do a Russian accent because I have yeah. no clue, or I can't do Russian words. But that would be it. Would I? I, I agree with you, but I also. I also wonder sometimes if taking that step is all that's needed and that we're, mm. we all, we all know, we, we all think the same thing, which is that it's, it is Americana, but <laughs> yeah, it, look at Mad Max, which is Australia and mm. that's incredibly popular. So it is possible. I don't know. Yeah, it's just that, it's, that lit my fire thinking about that. I guess the, the other thing is the, like, for example, whenever a trailer announcement comes on, it's always the ink spots, you know, it's like things like that yeah. change. And I wonder if Bethesda wants to change as much oh. now after Fallout 4 where, they, you know, I was kind of surprised seeing in interviews after the game, like during its DLC cycle where Todd Howard was like, yeah, you know, we didn't get the dialogue right. Uh, we didn't get the role playing that right. You know, we want to focus on getting those character interactions right. And I was like, okay, so they're, you know, they know the gameplay is good, but they definitely took away from the fact that Fallout 4 wasn't, the, a successful game in this terms of what they want to have as a game, if that makes sense. Like, of course, it made them boatloads of money. It was their most successful game ever in the company's history and probably will always be the most successful one until the next Fallout game. But, you know, they, they probably look at it as like, we might have skated by lucky on this one because in, in, in many ways it wasn't the best RPG uh, that yeah. you'd imagine a, a game of that type would sell as many copies. That's true. That is definitely. I'm definitely. See, the thing is, it, when it comes to a new like a Russia, Japan, if they're ever to do it, I think most fans would agree with this too. I feel the best way to do it is through DLC, because mm. there you have a platform. It's experiments that they also did that with Fallout Four. You know, they, Todd Howard said in an interview, he was like, you know, we wanted to see what happens when we give fans more options on how the game ends. So we were like, here's Far Harbor, and that was very. RPG heavy compared to the remainder of Fallout 4 in general. 
Whereas, like, you look at Nuka World, and they were like, that's more of what we know in Fallout 4, and it wasn't received as well, because people were like, no, this is, we want more of what Far Harbor offered. So, it'd be interesting in a Fallout 5, it's set in, we'll say, Chicago, hypothetically, but we see a, a DLC in Russia, and it's like, if it catches on, we're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, let's see more locations outside of the U.S. somehow. Um, right. That would be, that'd be interesting, I'd say. I, I'd be for that. Just an experiment, though, because I feel to dedicate a full game to that, to practically alter the, the DNA of a series, it's too dangerous, especially after Fallout 4. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, sorry, I'm on a roll here. I just thought, no, go, you know, that was no, a lot No, you know of, more about it than I do. So. <laughs> that, well, that was a lot of people's first Fallout game. They know Fallout for a certain thing now. Millions of people. It's mm -hmm. like, then you come into Fallout 5, it's in Russia, they go, well, what? What's this? Like, why are we in True. Russia now? So I just feel like DLC is the way to go for that. I feel that's... Uh... I have a feeling Russians ask themselves the same thing every day, though. Why are we in <laughs> Russia right now? Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, see where, I see what you mean. I hadn't thought at all, so I, I, I will change my answer. Like, that totally did convince me, especially um, with Fallout 4, despite me liking it a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot. Uh, well, I told you already, the VR version I'm still playing. Um, but... Again, like you said, it's not the greatest Fallout game, right? Mm -hmm. So if they did have, even though it did do well creatively, like you said, maybe internally, they're like, we got lucky, like you said. we And, and the companies do sometimes do that. They'll be yeah. like, yeah, we, you know, it's it, we, we burned our free get-out-of-jail-free card kind of thing. Yeah, actually, and so I agree with what you're saying. saying. I, I completely agree. That's the best way of putting it. Um, you know, I as for the also the other things I'm... I'm going through in my head it's it's a lore thing i i know the lore of fallout but i mean i know there are people out there who, who study this thing like it's like it's a subject in school but I, I i know there would be some actual conflicts like i know new york has been a highly suggested area but uh, apparently it, it has been completely nuked out like it's just a giant crater um we don't know anything about what happened in china i believe i think the idea was mutually assured destruction so I think China is uh, is thought of as just a wasteland. Okay. Um, but on the other hand, when you look at Fallout 4, uh, you the, the theme of that game was like rebuild. You know, it was, it was like there's progress. This there is life being added, and and people have moved forward and accepted this way of life, and this is how it's portrayed. So, uh, like you said, your other idea was like 150 years in the future. I, I wonder what that would actually be like. You know, would would civilization be up and running? What point in Fallout? Is the world fully rebuilt, and people I have stop a question living for in you. tin huts and baseball stadiums? It, 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 well, that and that—that's my question: is how many, how many years is it? Is Fallout Four occurring after the drop? Two, two, twenty seventy-seven was the year bombs dropped. Okay, I so think it's twenty-two eighty. I actually let me double check that real quick. I want to make sure I get this right. But keep okay. going. Uh, the reason why I asked that is because I, when I did my walking the walk, um, one of the things I investigated was how civilizations crumble and and how long, let's say, somebody could live in a place or how long it would take for somebody to live in a place if there was a nuclear bomb, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And and I was doing a walk in the walk in particular for Fallout 4. And um, it, I remember I got the data from some people at Bethesda as well as just like scientists and stuff, and it was pretty general. And then somebody who watched the channel 
they, they said something like, no, actually, the data's a little off, and they gave me some other dates. And when you look at the landscape now in Fallout 4, and you track it back, my personal opinion was I liked the past, present, present, past, the baseball stadiums, like we're living in what's been constructed prior, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but from what I understand, somebody... I think somebody, and, and I'm not saying they were right, I thought they were when I looked it up, but somebody was explaining that it's actually farther farther than I thought it was. I thought it was like 150 or 200 years. I think that's what after I said. The in great, the, yeah, I, I double-checked it. Uh, it. It was 210. 210 years after the, the 210 fell. years. Yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah, in the terms of deterioration and all that stuff, yeah, like, uh, was it Fenway Park? Like, that would have been wiped out easily. You know, if we're realistically speaking, but that's what I always appreciate about Fallout. They they've always known when like, okay, it's a game, and okay, we're trying to build a real world here. Like, you know, uh, Diamond City. It, it's you know that was kind of a fun idea that I'm glad they they really did execute on because it added some real personality to the world. Sadly, it was the only city with real life in it. Outside right. of that, there was nothing. Uh, unlike Fallout Three in New Vegas, where there's multiple crops of civilization and people getting by in their own different ways. So here's the thing for me. Um, it, if you look at like how long something can be, how long it takes, mm -hmm. if, as long as it's not like a salted uh, nuclear bomb or whatever, it doesn't take very long before. Look at Japan, for example, people, yeah, you know, stayed there and stuff. Um, so I personally think that maybe I guess my original hope of or or you know a thought of going even further might not make a lot of sense because I think at that point then maybe you have like two ways it can go. One, we're almost too technological, maybe like Little House on the Prairie or something. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I mean? Like, and where it's a little less, it's a little less shoot from the hip, and that yeah. might not be as fun. Or you do what you know a lot of scientists believe would happen, which is that humanity would literally crumble forever because you lose the ability to, for example, a lot of people don't realize when you work with metals, once you create a modified metal, many times it's melt point is much higher than the original metals. And so you can't, you're, you, if you didn't have the technology, you wouldn't even be able to, you, you wouldn't be able to do anything with it. Uh, and so it's like, and it, it, so if those factories are destroyed, it, building the factories is the problem. You know, like, mm -hmm. or, or creating pressures and presses to create metals. So you wouldn't see technology advance. So I guess my you idea like of going to discover things again. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, mm -hmm. I guess my idea doesn't, I guess it really doesn't hold any water. Because I just think well, that at that point, it would be Little House on the Prairie or it would be almost depressing. I don't necessarily <laughs> want to see, I mean, Fallout's depressing enough. Yeah. It, it definitely, you, you bring up a good point, though, because when you think about it, I think Bethesda might be aware of the same exact, and, and went through that same thing you just went through, because from Fallout 3 to 4, it was 10 years, and think of how big of a gap the wait for the game was, like, you think there'd be big advancements right. in the timeline or something like that, and, like, maybe Bethesda was like, ooh, we don't have much room to work with here and what makes sense, so let's mm -hmm. just, yeah, let's, let's, 10 years ahead, you know, enough to have some, some factions move about, establish a presence have some some goals set for when the, the you know the player arrives that type of thing um where yeah i think they'll just keep playing it safe with five to ten year gaps or maybe they'll put it in the same year just in a different location uh, so they they probably that's why they play it close to their chest i guess yeah with that yeah, said, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see i'm yeah, stoked absolutely I, I think there's a good chance of a fallout this year 
But um, we know that, you know, staying on topic with BGS, we know that they are working on three big and crazy projects, they say. Two of them are coming before the Elder Scrolls Six. So presumably the third project is Elder Scrolls Six, which is like the, the magnum opus at this point. So we know that I've also heard uh, from Pete Hines, it was at E3 2017, uh, during an interview with GameSpot, he said that one of them is playable right now. So I don't know how much we can gauge with how far that is along one of the projects is in development. Um, unlike anything they've done before, but he also said that they're going to tie into what you're going to see in the Elder Scrolls Six. So, uh, see, that's the thing. I was thinking, like, is one of them, like, a space co-op game, and then we're going to see, like, almost a co-op Elder Scrolls world in Elder Scrolls Six, like the Bethesda-style Elder Scrolls, not ESO. That was the only thing that really came to mind. Like, okay, maybe mechanics and game systems are going to carry over into ES6 because we know they're new IPs. At least one of them is a new IP. So I'm sitting here trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together, and it's really exciting, but at the same time, it's like, what the hell are they doing? Do you... When when they say new IP, that does mean not Skyrim 2, right? I'll call it Skyrim 2, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Oh, Does God. that mean... That, <laughs> That means not that, right? Yeah, not not anything they not, not Fallout, not Elder Scrolls, yeah. new intellectual property. So, I would, you know, I know Todd Howard's a big Firefly fan, and I would love it if they were. And I don't know if you remember that show, Maddie. It might be before your time, but Firefly, um, uh, Josh Whedon and Nathan Fillion. It was like Space Cowboys, mm. and uh, the idea of it is literally what people thought Bethesda was making for a little while too, when they were talking about the futuristic game, because. Yeah. People are like, oh, you know, it'll be a darker because it's uh, it's Bethesda. They're not going to do a Flash Gordon style mm -hmm. uh, Mass Effect. I don't think. I mean, they may, but it doesn't seem to fit their forte. You know what I mean? Like Skyrim goes towards the dark, dark, a little bit darker Norse gritty, mm -hmm. you know, horned helmets. It's not like sh it's not shiny, I guess. So um, I would love to see a space game from them and i would love to see something you know like that like firefly where it's just one of the best ideas for fiction ever which is a darker space taking over your spaceship having it having your team of mercenaries i would love it i, I would look at that. i would here's the problem oh dude yeah well i always say this because you haven't seen a lot of shows but mm -hmm. dude firefly is if you see firefly you will most likely say that is exactly what bethesda is working on because it ties it, it is it is Fallout in space. I mean, literally, when you wow. when you the technology, everything, um, it looks like that. But my my thought process is, I don't know if anybody's. Got, I mean, and it makes me even wonder if Bethesda stopped working on it. But I think No Man's Sky scared a lot of people, and I think Space Star Citizen mm -hmm. has as well for for space. And it it makes me nervous that maybe they were like we've got this space game and we're messing around with it and we've got this idea and then. You know, you see these huge utter failures, and then what is Bethesda going to do? Are they going to, if, if you're landing on planets in a space game, you have to be able to walk around on them, right? But the technology, other than Star Citizen, which is using all the procedural stuff, you would think Bethesda would be crowing from the top of some rooftop if they had the same tech. So it it makes you wonder, like, how would they do space? What would it, what would you do? Would you, you wouldn't be going to other planets because they don't have the tech. Or, and I don't even know if, honestly, consoles and PCs are really even capable right now. So, my, my thought then is, 
I agree with you on, on that. That yeah, like I would be scared to make a space game. You look at Andromeda. Uh, you look at oh yeah, no that's Man's another one. Sky, Star Citizen. You're like, oh boy. Like, can anyone? And, and really, in the same vein, you could look at Destiny too. I think, and, and just how Bungie has uh, handled that game, or rather, how the community has reacted to Bungie's changes. I should say. Um, it's it's definitely intimidating, but maybe Bethesda views that as opportunity where they can make a definitive space franchise like a Mass Effect was. Um, because when you look at it, you know you were analyzing like what Elder Scrolls is, and what I was thinking was like, well, you got you look at Bethesda Game Studios, they have their fantasy RPG, they have like the post-apocalyptic. It's really what they're missing is space, right? So it's like right. that makes the most sense on where they could go. Um, now, as for what type of space game they can make, I just think, like, I, I can't help... Maybe it's just because that's the, the definitive space franchise for me is Mass Effect, but I, I could not imagine them going a procedural generation r route. I could not, because right. one of their biggest strengths is environmental design and, and the environmental storytelling. Uh, you know, I was gathering gameplay for Fallout 4 for a video I was making, and I stumbled upon a... It wasn't even, like, a... It was, like, an unmarked location. I went into a bank. There was a terminal... I open up. I open up the terminal. I open up the security door, and when the security door swings open, I see a big hole in the wall, a skeleton hanging on the wall. I see like a bag, a duffel bag full of pre-war money. I see a car parked right behind that hole in the wall, and then another skeleton. And it's like, okay, there was a bank robbery going on here, and it's just those little things right. that bring the world to life. Where you know you can't do that with procedural generation unless you're repeating certain things the player is seeing, really. Um, so I just don't see Bethesda going that route where I would rather, absolutely rather, because I'm just not a procedural generation guy. I've kind of come to accept that in many ways. Yeah. Uh, but I would much rather them kind of take the, the Mass Effect Andromeda route and just develop a bunch of areas that are detailed, that have their own quests, that have their own purpose in, in this big universe. And I don't know if it's going to be like a, a Mass Effect where you're, you're, you're on this journey to save or screw the galaxy um, I don't know what story they try to tell, but from the looks of it, based off job listings, it's going to be a freemium game. Um, it's going to be AAA. So what they're doing there just screams to me uh, multiplayer. Uh, right. It's yeah. like, so that's going to be a big step for them too. They they are, they have not done multiplayer before. They've they've tested with it. They've said, but they have not done multiplayer. So I look at it and go, I mean, the, they're just. They're, they're being confident is what they're doing, I feel. you know They're being very bold and just looking at all the options they have on the table and saying, fuck it, you know, let's do something new here. Because you know, what I've noticed is a common re repetition in interviews with Bethesda representatives ever is like, they've earned the right, they've earned the right, they've earned the right to try something new because they don't want to be known for just Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Meanwhile, there are developers who are known for nothing and extremely talented, but I digress. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Bethesda showed in Fallout 4, hey, we have some decent ideas here, but they're just not for the right series. And so I think if they take their new ideas, they stretch their wings a little bit, uh, that the, that we might see a, a really different Bethesda in their next game. And I don't know if people are ready for that either. Yeah, I mean, it, we've talked about this before, but it, it sort of was even eye-opening to me to sort of deal with Bethesda fans. Yeah, I'm not 100% not 100 sure they're ready. No, because people are still like, when Bethesda announced that they were going to E3 this year, everyone's like, I hope Elder Scrolls 6 is there. I'm like, guys, 
guys, please don't do this to yourself. Like, yeah, right. You know, there's it, and, and there, it's weird too. Be oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, there's a, there's a difference between like wanting something realistically and saying like, okay, it's time for new Elder Scrolls. I can't agree with that. But if they've been really transparent and come out and said like, you're not seeing one for a while, we will make it. We promise, but you're not gonna see one for a while. Like, why are you gonna go into the E3 2018 expecting Elder Scrolls Six? Like, it's just it's not in the cards. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, what I was going to Well, I was basically going to say the same thing is like, don't if you don't get all beclimped and tight and think everything's going to happen and this amazing thing's going to be released, it's probably better for you in the long run to just step back and be like, just let, it let them do what they just let it happen. It sounds yeah. gross, but let it happen. Because yeah. normally that is if the moment you start, you know. Skyrim in this and fucking Elder Scrolls 85 in that, then pretty soon it, it becomes a situation where all of your ideas are so far beyond what any game creator could ever make. Mm -hmm. Like they're like they're at that point where they're all what the fuck? Why would you ever think that was possible? So yeah, it, it's it, like instead I would just say yeah, it, it don't if you're a fan of Bethesda just let them. Let them announce it before you get too stressed out. Because if you think it's if you're hoping for an Elder Scrolls or whatever, and it it sounds like it's not going to be that, but if you're hoping for one thing and it's not, all that does is just breed, you know, that negativity. I think. Yeah, I mean, because I, I get speculation. I love speculating, but it has yeah. to be controlled, right? It's got to be, right. you know, because we just spent a good like thirty minutes speculating. But in the same vein, like we know, we're going in there with the thought, like it could be this, could be that, but we're not expecting fully there will be a new fallout there will be a new ip it's like i i'm very confident now after the announcement of this new studio we're gonna see a game from them but i'm not gonna mm -hmm. say it's like what it is you know that's one thing i've tried to steer steer away from because i just want to because if i'm expecting let's say an elder scrolls spinoff or a fallout spinoff and they announce uh let's say starfield i'm sitting like at first reaction you're like ooh, like what the fuck what is it like this isn't what i expected right and and, and that might Gave you some bad vibes right off the bat. So it's like yeah. you just kind of want to go in as unbiased as possible and, and just interpret the product for what it is. Yeah, yep, yeah. for sure. So that'll... Especially these days, right? Because there's just yeah. so many games, too, Absolutely. that it's just like you might as well just sit back and, and see what, what's coming out. Yeah, definitely, because that's what I was saying in my uh, in my video about Bethesda this year. I'm like, they, if they're going to release a game, they better nail it because you know, they got a lot oh. of competition this year. It's beyond anything, Maddie. Like it's and not to be I know you didn't play it, um, but Elix was a like fallout I don't know what you'd term it, esque game. Fallout esque, yeah. like somewhat like. And some of the things they did, even people who hated the game were like, Wow, if Fallout Four had done this, blah blah blah. And mm -hmm. you're like, Okay, so now people are not only comparing the good games but they're par comparing the bad games, and we're getting to that point now where there's so many titles that uh, a couple weird things are coming on people's checklists. I think price has always been there, but it's much more than it used to be. Like, it used to be, oh, Witcher 3 is coming out. I'm for sure buying it because it's got this many hours and it's 60 bucks. Now it's like, well, there's 10 games that have that many hours mm -hmm. and are 60 bucks. And so now price becomes a thing. So where does somebody price it? Where does a Bethesda price their title versus they seem to be somebody going else's? Free. <laughs> And they seem to be going free, which you surprised me because I, I didn't know anything about the yep. freemium. Like, I don't even know how I've 
how I feel about that. Well, we'll have to see. I, I know, right? That that's exactly how yeah. I feel. Everyone's like, I hope they're not going multiplayer route. I don't like that. I'm like, look, I'm still really. I've no, and this has been information that's been on the table for like a good long while now. And I'm sitting here still trying to determine, like, am I excited for this? Like, I'm excited if it. This is gonna sound stupid. I'm excited if it looks good, but like I'm uneasy at the moment on it. it, it it's it's a big risk, but. I mean, if it's free, I mean, they're probably looking at Fallout Shelter, right? It was free, it was fun, and it was it was playable. Like, you know, you didn't have to, there weren't paywalls. Right. They're probably taking that same business model to a console game and saying people are going to pay up the ass for this game with, with all the little microtransactions that will obviously be in there. Uh, because I know not everyone's like us, but with me, like with, with Fallout Shelter, I, I genuinely, Fallout hype aside, even after the game had released, I enjoyed it, I played it a lot. And I gave them $10 worth of my money, or probably more, uh, for the lunchboxes, just because I was like, I definitely played X amount of hours to justify this money being given to them. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the route they were taking, too. Wow. And that'll wrap up our Bethesda discussion. And now, on the other end of the spectrum, we got some Nintendo. Uh, first full Nintendo Direct of 2018. A lot of release date announcements. Uh, Carrick, anything from that bunch stick out to you? Make you go, thank God I have a Switch. Um, probably, mm, uh, I would say a little bit with Smash. Or, right, it was Smash, right? Yes. Yeah, that they showed the that just because I have actually no, I didn't have a Wii U, mm. so it's like the ability to sort of jump in and maybe do a, a Smash game seems like it might be might be fun nice. but to be honest you know other than labo uh looking towards labo is even a joke i don't really think much of of like nintendo if that makes right. sense like I, it, not in a negative way but in a i don't think forward to their stuff as much i find myself looking forward to the side games the rabbits mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, yeah, I, and I don't know why but that's what i end up that, that's what i end up looking towards well, yeah, rabbits was just it, it, it was, was honestly more, uh, like when, when I, I think, think creativity, creativity, you know, when I think mm-hmm. let's make something fun. That's, that's one of the first games that comes to mind. It's not like one of my favorite games of all time, but it's just a really, you, you can see there was heart in it because it's just, just a, a mix and mash of genres and characters that you never thought would ever belong to each other and it all just worked out. And that's why I do personally look forward to those side titles as well. I'm, I'm with, with you. you. Smash, Smash 5. Let's get, get it. it. You know, that, that was, was the, the one confusing part about that trailer because you, you see the original characters and you're, you're looking at and wondering, is this a Smash port or is this Smash 5? Now, now you, you saw, saw the trailer, right? For Smash 5? Mm-hmm. And then I saw, was it Donkey who did the? Oh, did yeah. you see the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, but when I, when I, when I saw, saw that trailer, did you get like, like almost a. A gritty feeling from it, like a real serious vibe. When they showed like the shadowed versions of uh, of Link and Mario, uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah, like a dark, dark Link or dark Mario, yeah. technically." Yeah, I was like, "What in the world?" I was like, "These guys look pissed." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and that's the thing is like, is that is Nintendo doing that kind of thing, or are they messing around like mm-hmm. Rabbids did? Because rabbits, the if you play rabbits, the rabbits themselves are freaky as yeah. fuck. Like, I mean, they're creepy. So, you know, are they really. doing it that way? It'll be it'll be interesting if maybe Nintendo feels like they need to shake it up. Like I maybe they want to do it, but they're like, mm, 
we can't just do uh, what do you call it? We just can't do this game by itself. We have to, you know, we have to change it up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean when, when, when was the last Smash game you played? You said you didn't get it on the Wii U. Fuck, dude. Oh, man. It's um, wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it might have been the Wii because I didn't own a Wii. I, I went over to somebody's house. The Wii had... This is years ago. Uh, let me look. Smash. Brawl? I'm, I'm, it it might have been... Did it? Was there an N64 version? Yes. yes. Yes, that's what it was. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Super Smash Brothers, right? Yeah, N64. Yeah, that was the literally the last. And, and I think it's because a lot of, yeah, a lot of my friends aren't really Nintendo. Like, they're not, um, they don't g- gravitate towards that. Okay. And one of my friends did. And when he did, I was able to, you know, engage in that with him wow. and jump into that with him. Sorry, I'm getting phone calls. No, you're fine. Uh, Smash, Smash on the 64 is probably my favorite one personally. So that's funny you even say that. That's a long while. So you were literally going to go from that, just that one yeah, that's experience a, to whatever the Switch can hold on this. Yeah, because it looks like 1999. Well, wait a minute. Uh, there was something in 2001, single player mode. That that was GameCube. Yes, yeah, and then. Brawl was 2008, which looks to be... The Wii one. That's, That's why I thought, thought you were talking about it first. You know, I think... Yeah, I think I did play the Wii one because it don't... The reason why I was confused is because I don't remember the... I remember the N64 controller, but I don't remember playing... Um, the, the memory I have of playing Smash was on... Was, was using the fucking white... Mm. Like the, the... The shitty little Wii yeah. controller. So I'm pretty sure I played both. Um, well, but there for is some reason, console, so you, you could have used, used that to play yeah. 64 maybe. Because he was a big Nintendo fan. Like, okay. he, I'm sure he had everything. So, yeah, it's possible I did that. It's And the reason why I think I'm interested in it now is uh, because of, it sounds really weird, but um, like, like you do as well, but multiplayer with, like, patrons. Mm-hmm. Th- those kind of games pop up, and people are just like, hey, you know, let's just jump into them. Yeah. And it's I, I'm sort of enjoying the a little less serious kind of stuff. So when you said more serious, I know you didn't mean super serious. But when you said more serious, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. It, yeah. it, it, it did look serious, but it's still... still it's still smash. Yeah, right. And and that'll cause me to probably be more interested in it just to hang out and, and play. Absolutely. So that's, that's, that, that was a big surprise. surprise. I, I really didn't expect to smash. Yeah. I thought they'd port the, the most recent smash first and then... And it's coming out this year. Yeah, isn't that even, like that's even more surprising? I was yeah. blown away by the, when I was just like, uh, "How did no one leak that?" That's, so. yeah, that's, that's true. true. I, I'm, I'm surprised, surprised I didn't get it out. That, that was a that was a big surprise. surprise. It, it would have been, been it would have been more exciting, exciting if I knew Smash, Smash Five right off the bat. When, when I saw the trailer, trailer I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm hyped," but like, this is just a port, and control your hype, Matty. Yeah, no, I hear you. Also, in that Nintendo Direct, we got Hyrule Warriors that's coming in May. Uh, the re-release on the Switch. Uh, Mario Tennis Aces is dropping in June. You interested okay, in that? Okay, I, I admit, yes, yeah. I admit I'm a huge virtual tennis fan, and <laughs> I, I like tennis games. And I mean, I'm I'm talking about like I I probably went through two or three Dreamcast controllers playing virtual tennis. I love tennis wow. games. I don't know. This yeah, is I've a no fun I, fact. Holy dude, I, and I watch my favorite sports star of all time is actually John McEnroe, which is a mm. who is an old-time tennis player. I don't know why. I like I, I like I don't know if when I was young Wimbledon was on or something and it caught my attention, but um I when I saw that, 
And then they were like, they said there's a mode that won't have any of the special effects, won't have any of the skill or the goofy stuff. You'll also, you'll be able to actually play tennis. Mm. And if that's true, because Indio, who's a, a patron, he's a Nintendo fan, and he, he told me about that yesterday, and I missed that. If that's true, I'm going to really be into it, because yeah. I don't know why. I, I thought it looked cool. I, I haven't played, played a tennis, tennis game, game on a console since the launch title for the 360. You, was that, that a Virtua Tennis? tennis? That was, I believe, a Virtua Tennis. Yeah, it was a Virtua Tennis. It was... Um, Boy, 360. Holy shit, that was ages ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Launch title. And it, it was, was like launch, launch. So that had to be, what was it, 06? Yeah, it looks like uh, two. Uh, actually, it says Virtual Tennis 2009 was released in 2009. Hmm. Um, Virtual Tennis 3. Oh, no, there we go. 2006 saw the release of Virtual Tennis 3 in the arcades as well as Xbox 360 PlayStation. That, uh, so I'm sure that's the one you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, because my, my brother, brother bought a 360, 360 and like, I, I wanted to try it out. That was the only game you got. I'm like, fuck it, I'll play tennis then. And, and oh, man, wow, I feel, I feel old, man. 12 years ago, what the fuck? Anyway. It um, is 12 years ago. Holy shit. Yeah, right? Like, like, I'm, I'm just looking, looking at that thing myself. myself. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Dude, I have these amazing memories of the 360. Like, I don't know why, but that was one of my favorite systems of all time for um like memories i don't know how to describe it but just whether it be That's you know PS2 those kind of games or what PS2 oh is it yeah it's, it's just like i remember playing jimmy neutron jet fusion on there like just fucking random games like, i just have memories it's like there weren't like the best games or anything just, i remember playing and having fun and that was that was so special to me Trying, trying to see here what else. Uh, there's Crash Bandicoot Undertale on the Switch announced as well. Which, you know, oh, there's, there's also uh, Fractured, Fractured Butthole. That's coming to the Switch. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, oh, wait. Would you, whoa, would you get Fractured Butthole? Crash and Saint Trilogy is also coming to Xbox One. Yeah, that, yeah they did announce that. Wow. Um, would, you, would you ever get... Um, like, does Fractured Butthole interest you for the Switch? Not, Not really. I, I think it's very cool, but this is, a, this is what Nintendo needs to improve with. Because, it, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, we're getting a current game on there, but it's how many months later? Like, anyone who wanted to play it who was interested has already played it. Get these games out at launch, compete with the current market, you will see more sales. It's, it's just that simple, and they refuse to do it. And I can't stand it because, like, I love. There are certain games that I see and I'm like, man, I'd love to play this on my Switch. I'm sure Fractured Butthole would have been one of them if I saw a Switch option because, you know, the art style and how it plays, you know, you can play that on the go. But, you know, I, and then I look at the, the release window where I think Fractured Butthole was in November. And then, what is yeah, this? Yeah, it was April? a while ago. Yeah. This is April. Yeah. It's like, it's a little, it's a little bit, it's a little bit too long for me. Yeah, uh, Splatoon 2 got, got a paid single-player expansion. You see, like, I, I was looking at this again. Yeah, yeah looking through this news a second time, and it's like, this wasn't the most exciting Nintendo Direct. Oh, Octopath Traveler. Isn't that, like, some big RPG that they're... I didn't see anything about Octopath. The guys were talking about it. I didn't see a single thing about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, looking at a, a thing, thing on Game Informer right now. Octopath Traveler releasing on Switch in July. 
I don't know, know if, if I'm thinking, thinking of like other, other octo or something. Oh, how about this? Luigi's Mansion is being re-released on the 3DS. It's like, like why? Why the DS? It's decisions, decisions like that that just blow my mind. I don't know why. They, that's, that's that's like an instant Switch title. Yeah. Okami's coming to the Switch. Warrior, Warrior, where? I can't speak right now. Warrior, where? Gold announced packs 300 micro games. That's really it. Yeah, like it was. It was pretty quiet, in my opinion, aside from Smash. You can tell that they were like leaning on that announcement because if, if thinking of it this way, subtract Smash. You know, I'd say aside from Mario Tennis in June, that's not. It's not really super exciting. They have an exact date, or they just say June. Um, let's see. I, I yeah, I don't know the exact date. I think they said June. So the thing June that twenty second. Wow, cool. The thing that bothers me, dude, is like, uh, it it bothers me because I, one time it's got like one of the best games, uh, for me now, which is Skyrim, um, Switch Edition. I love mm-hmm. playing that on the on the Switch. But and it's got a couple really good games. It's got rabbits and stuff. But I, Nintendo. I swear to God, man. It's like it's that you know it's that good friend who works out really hard, loses a little weight, and then and then suddenly they're just sitting eating Cheetos on the couch, and you're like, uh, dude, keep it up, keep it up, man. You yeah. got to keep up the you got to keep up the output. And I know people are gonna get mad at me because I know there's a lot of Nintendo fans who watch, but it's just because I do see stuff like that, and I'm like, oh my god. And when you have a Nintendo Direct, this is their own thing, right? So it's like Microsoft has their own thing. Everybody's got their own now. Uh, every, every fucking developer or publisher has their own, you know, whatever, like, event. And you have it, and then when you come out, you're talking about, like, one game. Yeah. And the rest are, like you said, games that have already been on something, or Labo, or where you can't even pronounce it, where you wear 300, yeah. blah, 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 and you're like, what does this even mean? What What is it? My, my so, only thought... Know. As, As you went, went on, on that, that, I put together, maybe this is like a pre-E3 thing, because nothing except Smash is after June. So, oh. Oh, okay. There, so, so there's, there's that, that, right? Like, like I just saw that, that, I was like, everything's coming out before E3, so maybe this is like, here's what's going to keep you interested, and then E3, I guess it's just put pressure on E3, right? Now they got to show up with something big there. Obviously, Smash gameplay... Um, but will there be any other big exclusives? Or actually, no, it's not just before June, because I just mentioned that Octopath Traveler, that's in July. But that's just one little thing. Regardless, you know, I think maybe there's a little light at the end of the tunnel here. We'll see. We'll see. I just don't turn it on as much as I would like to tell people I did. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been, been turning mine on for Bayonetta. I've been enjoying that a lot. But oh, right, right, right. You know, yeah. that, aside from that, though, I mean, they've been doing good with that. They've been keeping games in and out monthly, and I was, I was very excited to pick up Bayonetta. I really like Platinum Games, so supporting them is yeah. a shoo-in, especially because the studio got saved through Nier. Definitely want to keep them supported. Yeah. Anyway, now we are on to Days Gone. This is a big PS exclusive that uh, was supposed to drop fall 2018. We see the announcement of Red Dead, fall 2018, and Days Gone is like, I'm going to skedaddle now and head into 2019. You think there was any influence from that, or are you just thinking the game wasn't ready? Because when I was looking at gameplay, it looked like it was making good progress, and it seemed like a fall 2018 release date was, was feasible. It did, but... um. 
you know, uh, you you were talking about a game Bethesda, um, uh, Battlecry, yes. where they were like, "Hey, look at our game," and people are like, "No, we're not going to look at your game." Oh. I I don't know what happened with Days Gone, but everybody I talk to cannot remember what it is, mm. and. And um, we're talking some big Sony fans that that are and and then starting to like talk to people who work at you know magazines or whatever uh, online you know websites or something and talk to them and they're like, it's it's sort of caught between the Uncharted and The Last of Us kind of look, and I think people looked at it and we're all, okay, it's a zombie game, which I'm going to be honest, I think we only have a couple more zombie games before that becomes an issue. And yeah. I, I think that what happens is it, it just didn't do a good job of selling um, your character either. For example, Last of Us, they didn't have to. We talked about this in your podcast, but they, you know, they had the cutscenes and they showed, you know, these pretty crazy dark moments in it um, for The Last of Us 2. Sorry. Yes. And, and so it sold you, right? You were like, you, you looked at it. When you see Uncharted, even Lost Legacy, which I admit I'm a big fan of, of that game, um, they sold me the characters. Like I was like, okay, but with Days Gone, dude, I couldn't tell you right now what he looks like, at all. There's, Fuck, you're I, right. I, yeah, he, I, I think he's got a motorbike I, jacket I, on. I always think of the, the character from uh, Rise of Just Cause Three. Ride to Hell. Ride to Hell. Okay, yeah. I, I, I always, always think, think of that, that character, character like the main guy, because I, I think he had some, some kind of look, look like that, that was his beard. I don't. Fuck you're right. And he had a. Didn't he have a? Didn't he have like almost like the design of my shirt? I thought he had like a biker. Thing, um, yeah. jacket on or something and that's the thing I think right now you're entering this field dude where like you and I if, if we're going to mention those games all of a sudden you've got a Tomb Raider being mentioned right mm. and and these excellent games and it it's a hard market to enter because you also have games where millions upon millions of dollars have been spent and it, they still haven't seen success like Quantum Break. Quantum Break is a great example of we're going to fit, we're going to like do third person, we're going to try to sell something, and it didn't work. It's a really contested field. I think it's actually probably the most contested of all of them. And then to just add zombies to it feels yeah. like it's less. Yeah. Like there wasn't, it wasn't like Horizon Zero Dawn where you're like, robots and dinosaurs? Fuck yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. like yeah. Dinobots. I think it really does boil down, down to the universe. universe. You mentioned Uncharted, Last of Us, and Days Gone. And then we'll and look at Horizon Tomb Raider. And, yeah. and, 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 and you look at Horizon, it's, it's universe is unlike anything else in gaming, right? It's, it's yeah, got the, for sure. the machine dinosaurs will come, and you're, you're walking around with a bow and arrow. It's like, is this, is this future? Is this old times? It catches your eye and your interest right away. You look at Last of Us, you know, like we said, the cutscenes told us. I had no investment in the characters. I had no investment in what was going on. They were all brand new people, but I was locked in on what was happening on screen. They got yeah. me. Uncharted. I don't, I don't like, like Uncharted that much. I've always been pretty honest about that. But even then, like, I can admit, characters are good. Metal gravity. It's got, it's got a charisma. It's got a personality to it. And then you're right. You look at Days Gone, and it's like, okay, post-apocalyptic, uh, biker guy, guns, lots of zombies. And I think, the, you know, while it's impressive, the models of the zombies, you know, they're, they're varied up. Uh, you know, it's impressive tech in that way. And how you can interact and stumble upon them in the open world. A generalized look at it is I've seen lots of zombies before. Left 4 Dead 2 came out what 2008 or something like that. You know, it's like we've seen lots of zombies on screen before and big hordes and running away from them. It's 
not, not that, that zombie games, games are irrelevant now. Like, like I think, for example, The Walking Dead by Walking Dead by, by uh, the Overkill Studio who made Payday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just I'm think that idea on paper alone can make a cool zombie game, but it, it takes thought beyond zombie. And the world itself, the universe, I don't think grab people, and I think that's that speaks volumes. Because we mentioned, we, I think in that same podcast you were talking about where we, where we mentioned The Last of Us and how it grabbed us, we talked about how Sony's constantly going down this, like, this, this blueprint almost for all their new IPs. It's got to be third-person open world or third-person open something action. And I feel like that blueprint's almost come back and bite them in the ass because now that blueprint's not working here with Days Gone. Right. Because this is one I always forget about. about. Like when, when they said it got delayed in 2019, I was like, it was coming out this year? <laughs> I didn't yeah. know. You were like, what got delayed? Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's, it, 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 I mean, and certainly absolutely nothing um, against like their idea of doing it, what they want to do. But it, I also felt like, I don't know if you remember, but when the PS4 Pro was announced, that was the game that they showed. Mm. And. They, they showed, like, they were all, you know, you can have higher technology, blah, 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 you can have better resolution. I think that it also got a little lost there where it became like a tech demo thought where it was like, oh, that's, you got a bunch of zombies because that's really what they showed was tons of zombies. Mm-hmm. And we now have fucking Fortnite, which is the biggest game on Twitch of all, of all time. You know, it's like the number one most streamed game, all that kind of stuff. And I and it's zombies, and I just think that it's a contested field. And then you add in third person, you add in what it looks like, and it becomes really difficult. Yeah, you you have to sell this. You have to sell. You have to sell the character or the reason for anything occurring in the game doesn't like, or or I'll say the gameplay has to be insanely different. And neither yeah. one of those happen. If, like, I, if, he, if, he, if he pulled, pulled out, like, a lightsaber in the middle of that, when, when Dude, you thought, exactly. Like, yeah, you would have been, like, like, been like, what the fuck? Can you imagine? That would, yeah, yeah I would have been, it's, I it's, been it's there. It's a real gritty-looking universe. And all of a sudden, this guy pulls out a lightsaber and starts using it in this series tone unlike uh, Dead Rising, right? Which is yeah. another series that, that's still in the talks and has shown us modern, I guess, tech with lots of zombies and, you know, that type of destruction. So... It's, it's, it's just not, it's not, not treading new Yeah, it's, it's not, not treading new grounds. That's, that's the thing. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so Days Gone, gone Delayed. Uh, place, is, is, is anything else coming out for PlayStation this fall? So I was looking, and, and it's funny because it looks like 2019 was just 2019. They didn't even say a date, which surprised me um, for, for Days Gone, which I, I guess I assumed um, they would. But for Sony... It looks like God of War four would be the main one. Mm, that's that's, an, that's, that's very soon. Month. That's yeah. yeah. That's yeah. And then outside, outside of that, that, who knows? No, it's it's one of the reasons why there's a lot of discussion. You know, it, in your Discord, even we've had a couple discussions where it's like, and I oh. know you don't like. It. Oh, go ahead. One. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. That's, that's this year. year. That's the fall too, right? Yeah. yeah. I have a God. question. If it's, if it's like, like Red, Red Dead, Dead Spider Man and the Bethesda Game Studios title in the fall, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. Do you wanna make a gentleman's bet that it gets delayed? Spider Man? I yeah. Yeah, I here's why. They got fucked over by the world when they released your your one game you liked, um, the uh, surf uh futuristic sliding game. Um Sunset Overdrive. Oh, Yes. Sorry, 
That was a very bad way of describing that. So, um, but they, you know, it, it just, it didn't light the world on fire, what, what have you. And um, I wonder if internally, you know, they're like, there is no Spider-Man movie coming out this fall that I know of. I think it's next, I think it's 2019, yeah, 2020. Yeah, so it's like, do they go, Red Dead is just too fucking much. Like, and, and the thing is, if, if, and you talked about this in your video that I watched, if Red Dead is the, Red Dead 2 is the first game in like 85 years from those fuckers, right? I don't know yeah. how many years it's been, but it's, it, it's been a lot. It's, you said five? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's five or six. When, 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 yeah, it's 2013, 2013 when GTA dropped. dropped. Okay, so if you know that they're not going to be releasing a game every couple years, right, it's going to be more like every half a decade, then you delaying one year may not be the stupidest choice on your mm. part. It may be it may be the intelligent choice. And the reason there's two reasons. One, because it is every five years or six years, and that means it's huge, right? It's rock star, it's yeah. huge. It's gonna it's gonna dwarf everything. But additionally, there is no outside support. There is no Spider-Man uh, connected to it uh, that's out movie-wise. There's nothing. There's nothing big in those. Then you have the Avengers. I guess you could say is somewhat connected to it, but that's coming out earlier. So Insomniac being burned so bad makes me wonder if they're just like, you know what, guys, let's just let's not let's let's hold off and have our own year. But now Days Gone is in 2019 too. So. That's true. I mean, I, I wonder, because, like, we got, got Red Dead in October, so it's like, do they wait till November? Mid-November? Do you wait, or do you get it yeah, out in September? You know, September, like, in the middle of September. And then you're right. safe. I'd say before Red Dead, you're safe. It's like after. I think that's the end zone. I don't even, I get a little fucking weird in my heart thinking about what it would be like to be a developer right now. Yeah. Like, like, even, I think even Call of Duty's dropping in October. Like, like I, think, I, think, I think it's, it's like, before... before Red Dead, it's, it's like, like Call of Duty is avoiding it, guys. <laughs> That's pretty I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, it's like I don't know how to describe it. Would it, it's it's like a well-performing Michael Jordan uh, returning to basketball or something, and yeah. people are like, yeah. So <laughs> does anybody want to be? Does anybody want to play against him? That's all right. If he was, if he was, you know, a, a, still an excellent performer. That's and that's the thing is those guys. Everybody assumes they're gonna be right. Like I mean, I, I would say the hubbub for Red Dead. This is just me, hyperbole probably. But I would say the hubbub for Red Dead is the biggest ever for a game now. That would be me. As in, prior to the release, the biggest hubbub I've ever seen. Like, channels upon channels who that's all they're covering. Mm. Um, people that I talk to, that's all they talk about. They don't. And it's happened with Uncharted, but it's much less. It's When you yeah, look it's... at almost any game... It's just much less. Red Dead is it, well. GTA Five, I guess, would be close because I think I told you it shut down the internet where I work. Um, yes. When GTA Five's trailer came out, yeah, and we were like, "What the fuck?" And we looked online, and it was like, you know, internet suffers outages because their trailer released, and so many people watched it. And you're like, "It's a That's, fucking game," and it yeah. brought down, you know, the internet. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. thing man. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. It's, it's almost, almost like, like a. a a double-edged double sword. Like, you, you want to see, see all these games, games drop, but at the same time, Red Dead's going to drop, and it's like, that's going to be great, too, hopefully. So. And don't you wish you could do a little time... I don't need a time machine to travel forward in time. What I would love is a little time machine that stopped it <laughs> so that I could go, oh, Red Dead's here, right? Because I know I'll play it for review. That, well, 
if they do review copies, we'll see. You know, for I, I'm not a big channel, but it, if they do review copies for channels our size, there's a chance of getting one, that kind of thing. But there's other titles, right, that are coming. And mm -hmm. I always feel a little jealousy whenever I do talk to somebody. Like, I'll talk to a fan, and they'll be all, yeah, didn't get a chance to check out this new game because I... I, I got to just sit and play blah, 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 mm -hmm. even though they won it already one time or whatever. But they're like, I just liked it enough. And um, that there's something really cool about that. And it would be cool to see Red Dead sort of come without anything around so that a good, you know, two weeks people yeah. could just dive in. Well, right? that's, that's the, the other thing. thing. That, you, you know, know given, given that window, it does, it does make, make me think. think you know, you know, I know, I know, obviously, there's going to be some type of Red Dead Online, online that's going to be what keeps the game going, but, yeah. uh, you know, when, when you just, just said two weeks there, it kind of hit me that game lives are, are really quick, when you really think about it. it it's, it's like, before, before it's all the excitement, all the talk, and after it releases, everyone's playing it, we, we got what we wanted, and, you know, yes, we have our discussions, we have our news, there's DLC, but it gets quiet after, I'd say, about a month. You know, regardless of what title. So I'm very curious to see what Rockstar does. You know, is it going to be like GTA 5, which I couldn't stand? They released GTA Online a month after launch when it was promised at launch. You know, are they going to do that kind of route? Because it's a smart way to extend the interest in the discussion, right? It's like, fuck, we had to avoid GTA 5, now we had to avoid GTA Online. And it's like, do we even release something this year, right? So it's like, you know, there's that. It's like, I keep saying it's like, but once the game drops, you know, it'll be a couple of weeks, and then it'll, have, it'll give other games room to breathe. Is that what developers are going to bank on if they release after Red Dead? I'm, I'm really curious to see. I, it, it, here's the thing. I'm not 100% sure. I, I know a lot of fan, a lot of people are big fans of them. I'm not 100% sure that they can get their own online infrastructure even prepared for a game that big which is what happened with GTA 5, and they're like, we're going to hold off for fucking, you know, this amount of time, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. it, it depends also on how they release it, because I'm going to tell you, I don't think Rockstar will get hit as big, but I do believe that there can be a lot of negative press if they do what a lot of other companies have been doing, Destiny, with not telling people the changes they're making and, yeah. and doing all these adjustments, right? So my hope is that what we do get that rockstar it gets released it's got the online it's got your single player but i am very nervous that it won't and that what's going to happen we're going to have a seg and and the reason why is cuz i don't necessarily think that take 2 has to do anything like any other company in the universe they just don't it would be like it, you and i know in a millionaire you know and we go out for mcdonald's and they're like i'll just buy the store and then yeah. I'll just be able to choose what I want. You're like, well, fuck. You know, you're like, all I wanted was some, you know, some uh, some fries or something. That's what they're able to do. They're yeah. able to say, we don't care about the single player because GTA is making us fucking Scrooge McDuck levels of money. Yeah. So it, it, it's going to be really weird to see what they do. And, the, and it's going to also be interesting to see what fans do, dude. Because if they do screw fans over by giving them half a game or whatever and then saying, oh, yeah, well later you'll get the rest i i'm going to be really interested to see if if people give them leeway or I mean, or they just are like with like take, take two and their microtransactions comments so i feel yeah, like true. the true. general audience will gravitate towards red dead, dead. and by, by general, general i mean like people are just like, like fuck it i don't care about microtransactions i'm just gonna play the game, game. 
Um, there, there's, there's that, that crowd that just exclusively plays GTA Online, so it's like, you know, I feel like those people are going to be there no matter what, and that's who Rockstar is just trying to target now. Do you know what I also think? I think that uh, streamers have become so synonymous now with titles that um, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of streamers buy it just to stream it. And you, you, you know, I've talked about that. I mean, I buy them just to review them. So obviously yeah. it's okay if a streamer buys it just to stream it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, That's what fun. they do. But I think that also that can create this weird false bubble of, I don't want to call it optimism. I don't even know what you would call it. Almost like importance. It's like a false bubble of importance where it's not because of the game. It's not because of this. It's because it's easy to stream, right? Mm. It's because it's it, it has a tan, it has a, it's a tangible thing that you can see and it's play. Like, it's, it's like Fortnite. Fortnite. It's, it's got, got that flow where there's, there's moments you focus right. and moments, moments where, you're where you're just running around the beginning. You can look, look at the, the chat, chat, whatever. So. I'm so stoked for it. I I just I I just want it to be, I just want it I just want it to be good, and I don't like to even talk about it anymore because I, I'm, I'm under the impression that if I talk about it too much, I'll become. Um, <laughs> like, I'll I'll see it. We'll get it, and I'll be like, that's not what I thought it was gonna be. Because yeah, I want enough. a big s- single player story, dude. Like I, I that's what it. I want. I want R- Rockstar to say, yeah, we've got eight billion dollars, so we bought Argentina and we <laughs> we mapped it down to down to the you know the three D mi- micron level, and uh, here's your open world game based on it, and it's just this massive thing, and we get to play it for hours and hours. <laughs> but that's. Um, yeah. It's not going to happen, right? Like yeah. that's, I don't think my idea is going to fly. It's I think it's going to be eight hours. And that, God, that dude, Red Dead, how long them, did I'll it give take? Thirty hours. hours. I'll give them 30 You're going to give them no, 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 no. Without filler, without filler, you like thirty true hours. Your version of true hours, like um, yeah, like yeah, where like not a lot of. Wow, I'm thinking you are. Oh no 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 sorry I was I was verifying what you were asking me when I said oh sorry. Yeah. So what I'm asking is, do you think 30 hours of how would you say it, almost non-repetitive quality? No, no chance. chance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's no no chance. chance. Sorry. That, and, and this, this is, is coming, coming from someone who, who uh, you know, I apologize in advance for having my opinion, but <laughs> you know, I love bully. You know, I thought that had some real interesting mission design work because so of this good. universe and what it was about it made sometimes the, the to and from interesting where i was on a bicycle you know as a as a kid in school where you know yeah it was space travel but it was different because it brought the universe life in a new way and that's just me i know there are people who think gta 4 is one of the best games they've ever played uh there are people who love gta 5 gta 5 story didn't really blow my socks off by any means, I just thought the most surprising part was at the end, where you know there were multiple endings based off choices you made. I thought that was an interesting twist. But um, if you try to tell me to tell you one thing about something that happened in GTA V, I probably couldn't tell you that. And I played GTA V a lot. Interesting. I really I was actually trying to think of an example. Like I remember the first encounter with Trevor to some extent. Uh, that's... But what you're saying is you do remember, uh, you do remember um, Bully. Exactly. Yeah, and like I argue, you know, you know the, the amount of time I put into GTA V, GTA V, like I'm talking single player, and then multiplayer afterwards. You know, when they actually had it functioning. I mean, I played it a lot, and I, you know, I argue it's as many hours as I put in Bully, so I don't think it's a matter of what I put 
X amount into, it's like a matter of what I remember. Or, you know, bully, I could, I could pull moments out of my ass, like meeting the hobo, having him teach you how to fight behind the school, you know, chasing down Gary, bullying nerds, you know, having, yeah. having like the living in a dorm and having missions start there. There's just standout moments there. Not that, and to those who feel there are standout moments in the respective titles I've mentioned, totally get that. You know, I know I'm not in the popular opinion there. But uh, that's why I just I don't have a lot of confidence in in their single player. Because it's, you know, they, they, they saw the money, understandably their business, I don't blame them, but they saw the money and just ran with the multiplayer. So why, why would they do that? Why would they go to single player after such a huge multiplayer success? When they have another right. platform that can do multiplayer. It's not that I don't think they can tell a good story, they definitely can. It's that I don't think they... I have a want or a need to, right? Freaking money's right, right there in the multiplayer. Yeah. So that's, that's just my take. take. You know, I, I'd, I'd love, love to, to be wrong though. I, I personally, I just think that um, it bullies. Like, I don't even know how to describe how much I like bully. It's mm. one of those games that, like La Noire or whatever, where it just got a special place in my heart for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and it, I don't, I don't even know if like a game can be made like those anymore. We'll have to see. Like, I don't know. With with Bully, there was something uh, that was a little different, too, I think, where it, like, reminded us of what it was like to be a kid mm. where we, we, we're not cowboys, so, but it would be, <laughs> you know, but we could go, it would be fun to be a cowboy, but it's there's a difference there, and um, I would love to see more so than GTA 6, more so than Red Dead 2. I would have actually rather seen Bully. Two. The, the only, only thing, thing I'm afraid, afraid of with, with, with Red, Red Dead story, and I, 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 well, I think it's, it's not going to be like this top ten quality. Like, like I think it's going to be of quality. No, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to personally get that pessimistic guy. I think it'll be an enjoyable story. The only thing I'm worried about is considering it pretty much as a prequel. Like a lot of the story has already been told through conversation in, in Red Dead Redemption One. Like you kind of. How about this? You know, the beginning and the end points to some extent, and it's just some fuzzy details, right? And it's like, this yeah, right. flush all that out and more. And it's like, if I already know that, part of, I think, what made people love Red Dead Redemption 1, which had an excellent story, was because of its character and how it surprised people at the end, big time. And it's like, can they repeat that with Red Dead Redemption 2? It's really hard to. But that's just... My, My hot take, I'd love, love to hear yours. yours. I mean, are you, you thinking think it's going to be a quality story or? I, I, I just don't know. Like, I have no clue. It's what, one of those questions where you sort of have to, I just sort of step back. Mm. Like, it, I get too depressed. Like, because I know it'll be, if I just take it as a game, I'll be fine. Absolutely. I would rather do that. I mean, we're, we're both going to do that, that but, you know. I'll take, I'll take that, that as a, you know, maybe, maybe not the most quality, quality just the... You know, a little, little multiplayer, multiplayer focus. focus. Yeah. <laughs> now now let's, uh, let's move over to more just sad news for game companies we love. Drew Carpenter has left Bioware again. Yeah, this guy's been in and out of Bioware. For those who don't know who Drew Carpenter is, he is the lead writer of Mass Effect 2, lead writer of KOTOR. He's a big part of Karak and favorite games ever made. And now, now he's, he's left, left, and he was, was actually originally the lead writer on Anthem, and he's going, going to pursue other projects. There's, There's obviously, with, with all the people leaving Bioware, a huge turnover going on. Just new blood, new DNA. Good or bad? 
I mean, we, we talked about it prior to the podcast. I think that a lot of it also has to do with um, that, like, everybody we used to like is gone. Yes. So That's from true. Bioware. So it, it, that, it feels weird in that uh, it, sort of in that aspect where I don't really know. I don't even really know what to expect from them. I think that, honestly, I was confused because I thought he was the one that was like, messed up, or to me, messed up the Mass Effect 3 thing, and it sounded like he probably wasn't. I'll have to go and investigate that again. Um, I just don't see that his imprint has made him awesome, if that makes sense. So, like, it, it, he's been there, and I haven't been happy with a lot of their story stuff. So I'm not 100% sure I, I'm too broken up that he's leaving. Did he work on, like, Inquisition and stuff, though? I don't think he did. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because for, for me, it's, 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 it's how do you spell like, the last name? K A R P Y S H Y N. For me, I'm much, much like you. Yeah, I, I look, look at, at it and I'm like, okay, he definitely, definitely was a part of some of my favorite games, games of all time. I know, I know that there is still some older employees there because uh, Bioware responded to it when they I forgot what they mentioned something about changing they were making in their studio. And, and uh, they, they, I think, I think a, a fan responded, responded and said, like, oh, my gosh, it feels like everyone I love is going. And they're like, no, we, we still got X, Y, and Z from these old games that have been with us for 15-ish years. And I love like how they say, like, they mentioned, like, four people on the list. Meanwhile, we look at, like, the designated studios where, like, everyone minimum has worked together for 10 years. In this video, it's, like, it's kind of ridiculous how much has changed the Bioware when you look at it that way. So he, so surprisingly enough, he actually did, just looking at the games, Star Wars, Nice the Old Republic, uh, Neverwinter Nights, uh, Neverwinter Nights, Baldur's Gate, all those games. But he, all, he did have a part in Jade Empire. But what's weird is it says Mass Effect 1 and 2. So I think I got him and Casey Hudson mixed up. Yes. yes. I, I, I was, was going to say, say I, know I know Casey Hudson's the one who got flack for it because he said in an interview, he's like, we're not going to have the red, blue, green uh, endings. And they literally gave us red, blue, green endings right. in Mass Effect 3. 3. So, so, I know, I know that, that, that was a big issue. issue. I didn't I know Drew Carpenter had anything to deal with that. So, so yeah, he's, he's been, been a part of the golden Bioware. We'll call it, you know, the, the KOTORs, uh, really old-school isometric RPGs, Jane Empire, which is something I just experienced for the first time last year. Stuff along those lines. So, <clears throat> I mean, did we take this? I, I didn't take this as a surprise that he left. I just thought it was interesting that Anthem, it gets delayed to 2019, then their lead writer... Or one, one of their, their, their writers, writers, I should, I should say, say, leaves. Uh, I just, I am, I am very nervous for this project. Yeah, I, I, and to be honest, everything they showed up until this moment hasn't wowed me. So, like, like, I don't like, think it's, or rather, it's, it's not, not that, that I think it'll be awful. It's just like, has, have they shown anything that instills confidence, right? right? That's the other exactly. thing. It's, it's more so that perspective. perspective. You know, I, I think, think Anthem looks beautiful. Its world looks incredible. You know, but it's just like the, the buyer that you and I fell in love with, they were more like storytelling prowess, uh, the interactive worlds, and this looks more like a, a Destiny kind of thing, which is a sign that times are changing for them. Have we ever seen a studio go over this type of turnover and start turning out completely different games? I mean, we could say Gorilla Games kind of, but like on the level of Bioware. Like Not that I know of. No, they're yeah, they're pretty they're pretty massive, and I think that over uh, overall they um, like 
I would say of all the big groups, yeah, it's like it is. It's like Bioware. There isn't that many. There isn't. I mean, I guess Naughty. No, because they didn't switch. Yeah, so maybe, nobody who's really switched out. Sucker Punch. I don't, I don't know, know if they're that drastic of a change. change. You know, from Sly Cooper 1, you look at that. Right. Look at, they're making, uh, I forgot the name of the game, but it's like that overall feudal Japan game. You're like Ninja or something. Two completely different things from start to finish, but, you know, it's, I don't think that's as drastic. No, me neither. Because it's still like third person, still that open space, interactive environment that they've always been good with, even in Infamous. So it's like, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever changed up as much as Bioware. Just, yeah. It sucks, Yeah, man. I would agree. It sucks. It does. It does. And it, it, it sucks, too, because like I said, I got Casey Hudson and him mixed up. And now that I look back and um, realize that he was involved in the ones I like. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not that like he's. Are you, are you saying, saying more so like Casey Hudson hasn't, hasn't been good for them, or are you saying it's true? It's version? not that he hasn't been good. It's that uh, now that I find out that I was mistaken because I thought it was Drew that had this that that was the one that was like, you know, saying saying the stuff and then didn't really come through. Now I guess it's just the one guy that I did like di- and did seem to work on the games I like is gone. So that oh, it's okay. just so it's like now that I hit you a little bit differently now. now. Yeah, Ooh. now that now, now that you clarified that. I thought it was, um, I thought it was uh, uh, Casey for some reason. I thought those guys were switched. I don't know why, but yeah. Now that you said that, I'm just like, hmm, okay. Well, that sort of sucks because if it was Casey Hudson who's come and gone and blah blah blah, the stuff that how he dealt with his story and stuff I didn't like, and how he how he's dealt with fans of like Mass Effect three and stuff I didn't like. So I wasn't too broken up, but now it's it's corruption. Now we know the the impact. impact. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a shame. shame. That's, that's, that's really all there is to say on it. I mean, it's kind of business as usual for Bioware. They've been weeding out employees for a while now. Uh, I made like three different videos thinking like, okay, this is probably the last big employee to let go. You think it's over and it's over and they just keep doing it again. You see this, you're like, wow, it's just I'm, I'm completely desensitized to the loss of a very talented developer. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I just look at it and go, all right, so some studio out there is going to gain a really good data dev. A uh, really good writer, and uh, that game will seriously benefit from it. So, I guess whatever at this point. Yeah, well, look at Casey when he did leave. He went to Microsoft, right? Yeah, um, and then and then came back, and mm. it's like we we didn't see any massive increase when he was gone, or massive decrease when he was gone, massive increase when he came back. What makes me wonder sometimes if it matters anymore? Like maybe yeah. it's just too big of an entity. Yeah, you're probably right. But how about some exciting, exciting stuff? stuff? You know, enough of this sad news. We're, we're going to move on over to the Division Two. Carrick, you were you were a preacher right at the beginning. How much you enjoyed the Division? How you've gone back? You've tried it with some patrons. I'd like to hear your thoughts on your most recent experience. Well, I just yeah. I mean, we jump in uh, whenever we can. You know, it's like it's not a ton, but whenever I do jump in, it's it's stupid how much that's changed since day one. And all the content and like the 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 um the different multiplayer bits of content, the different modes that they've added, and it always was a good looking game. So like that's never been. I don't think the I don't think anybody would say, oh, the division's issue is that it doesn't look good. But at the same time, the idea of seeing Division Two on like new technology would be cool. Like I, I was sort of excited for that. I just um. When it comes to MMOs and shooters, we have the same issues. Dest- all these games have the same issues, which is that they're a little bit bullet spongy a lot of times. Yeah. Like, 
enemies because it's it's not a single player directed focused thing where they can sort of you know massage things or make it sort of feel like it's i guess even uh cinematic in a multiplayer it just seems like they're not able to do that as much and so division still has a couple problems with that and that would be the one thing i'd I, i'm actually really interested in seeing how they're going to go about and what they're going to go about doing like what how are they how are they going to fix something like that are they going to change the mechanics and then my big my biggest problem with any kind of MMO or sequel and it's something I've talked about recently that's been bothering me lately which is that a game will come out and then a sequel will come out and the entire world has changed and no one pays attention to it mass effect they changed from clips to heat energy things and like their guns mm. and no one said anything and as I was joking with the guys going that would be like the moment where you said Elon Musk showed up and changed the entire universe and no one gave a shit like yeah. the entire way the, the mechanics were changed. So to me, how much do you change a Division 2 from a Division 1? Same, same thing happened with Destiny. It, it, like how much do you change between Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 to get Destiny 1 people to look at Destiny 2, but also have Destiny 2 have the improvements Destiny 1 needed? And that's what Division 2's got as a, like, it's, I think its main enemy for being good is that. Do you, do you think, think the, the Division sat in, is, it's, it's still, still going to be set in New York, right? Because like it was... It was I think it'll be a different town. Okay. Because you know, I remember, like, just because. I'm trying to remember the lore for it. I think it was, like, there was an outbreak that was, like, transmitted through the dollar bills. And it spread, and then they tried to quarantine and keep it in New York. And I think it spread outside of it. And that's, why, like, what the point of the Dark Zone was and everything. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I think it could go outside of New York. Yeah, I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll be New York just for the sheer fact that, um, like, what do you do? How, how would you incorporate your old stuff unless you rolled your old stuff into your new stuff, and then it would be Division One Point Five, really? Yeah. So it's like, it, what happened in the division is you you were riding your helicopter, you landed, and you started your shit. You started doing stuff. So my assumption is Division Two will be like you're on another helicopter and you're landing and doing other shit. Yeah. That'd be it. And yeah. it'll just it'll be it'll be another place, whether that's like, you know, people have discussed. Uh, I was joking, saying you don't even need to change Detroit. Just take a picture of it right now. <laughs> Detroit. It's like you could do post-apocalyptic Detroit or post post uh, disease Detroit or whatever. Uh, it, it depends on where they want to, like, put it. Yeah. But um, it'll, it, it's just cool because. I like that Ubisoft is looked at that game and was all, yeah, it's not the greatest. We're going to continue to work on it. Mm -hmm. um, I saw TB say something on Twitter where it was like, yeah, it reminds me of another game that starts with a D, and we saw how that went, which I'm sure he meant Destiny. Yeah. And I, I was like, fuck, yeah. Like, you know, I get what he said. Like, I get I get where he's coming from. I hope that's not true, but I get where he's coming from. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, for, for me, me it's, it's just like, like I, I, I enjoyed my time, time with Division, Division 1. I, I, I thought, I, I called it, it was like the Destiny, Destiny for me. I, I didn't like Destiny. Destiny. But, but I really enjoyed what Division offered, probably because it was more around the universe. Um, and also just that I like gunplay a little more in the third-person element. But anyway, you know, I think like the little changes, like less spongy enemies, or less spongy bosses. The enemies usually were health-wise, all right, but the bosses, like, you know, it makes sense if like you were shooting a helicopter at one point in the story. Yeah, it makes sense that's a little spongy, but. You know, no, when, when I'm, I'm shooting, shooting a, a person of importance, and, and just because they, they have a cool name, they got like 400 bullets pumped into them, they're still like, yeah, I'm all right. You know, I, I, I can't stand that in games. So yeah. 
and, and division, division suffered from that. A lot of games suffer from that. Have these multiplayer components, but I just I just hope that that's something they tweak and fine tune a lot better. I know, I know the point is to work together, but I mean, when you're, like, like I said, there comes, comes a point where it's like, how many bowls is this man going to take before we go, okay, it's a game, like, but it's also a more realistic or grounded experience, I should say. Yeah, so that, that one's going to be hard to do. Like, yeah. I, I just, I can see them, like, having an actual difficult time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't, I don't think it'll be easy to change. I mean, on top of that, the Dark, Dark Zone, I think that needs tweaking because it got tweaked too much at launch, and... With the Phoenix credits, uh, with the lack of balance, uh, lack of reward, then just people abandoned it entirely. And I think through DLC, if I'm mistaken, let me know. I think they, they fixed and added to the Dark Zone. But there wasn't, like, content or quests in there. It was just, like, go in, kill this horde of enemies, and, and then peace out. And that's it. And yeah. it's like, you know, it didn't really offer much beyond that to keep the player coming back. Uh, so, so for me, I look at it and I go, just improve that. I mean, it's things that I think are feasible improvements with a sequel. Because mm-hmm. um, I think Age of Division 2 can be really good if if they really have paid attention during the development span of this game, which I think based on what you said they had, right? You, you, know, you picked it up, you were like, wow, you know, it's improved a lot. And, yeah, it's improved a, a tremendous amount. I, did, I played it and liked it. And then somebody else was, you know, just getting a hold of me and was all, um, you know, it's it's really done well. And I was like, well, I'll go, I'll go, I'll, I'll go check it out. And yeah, the improvement is dramatic. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. And, and I've, I've, I've heard, heard that's the DLC. Uh, there was the free DLC, which I think they were called what excursions or something like that. I mean, those were tough. Yeah, excursion nails. zones, I think. Yeah. Yeah, those, those were tough. And so, you know, they, they did a good job with content in the game. I hope also they don't go the route of, uh, of audio log storytelling. I mean, the Division 1 just overkilled that. It was like there's a little audio log laying on every fucking park bench in New York City. I was like, come on, guys. Like, can we interact with some of these factions and learn some of their true motivations and hear the audio logs and shit? So then it's like a little bit of filler. Well, just... we joked about it that one podcast where it's like everybody reaching for their yeah. fucking, you know, MP3 player right before they perish so they can yeah. record something. Exactly. It, I, I, I loved the holographic stuff that was done in um, cool, yeah. in Division. So I hope they continue to sort of and it was sort of cheesy. It was like, you know, I, I don't even remember how they sort of pretended it would work, but it it was pretend enough that I was cool with it. And, yeah, I, I was and, on and, board. yeah, I was on board and. I'm stoked to see what they do. I, I think they know probably how to do a sequel to an MMO, but I don't think we've seen a company really do a sequel and have it perform very well. That's the other thing I'm wondering about. Like, Because once you burn somebody, like let's say people are burned on, burned on the division already, I don't 100% know if they'll Come like back. jump back to Division 2, while people who are playing Division 1 may look at Division 2 and go, why? Yeah, yeah it's like, like I, was I was looking, looking at, at it thinking, thinking you know, you know we, we look, look at Rainbow Six Siege, Siege it's like, that's, that's a platform, and they, they just saw, saw their highest player count, count ever, ever after, after this recent yeah. update. It's like, that's, that's insane. insane. I thought, I thought they, they were going to go for something like that with Division. So when I saw a sequel coming out, it's like, wow, okay, that's something I did not expect. I thought they'd just keep supporting the first one because it already had a decent player base. A lot of people already have copies on hand. And hopefully, and hopefully they, they get, get something like Siege where, where you know, a, a surprise DLC, DLC or something, or something like, like that, that makes it uh, more, more appealing for, for a mass, mass audience, audience to come in and, and try, try it out. out. 
I would hope so because I, like I said, I like the original. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, I would definitely be playing, or I will definitely check it out. But yeah, um, yes. I will definitely play it if it's good because yeah, I yeah. really did like number one. And, and I, that, that, now, now that, that we, we know, know this, this is coming, coming I'm, I'm sure, sure paying attention, attention to Far Cry 5 will be helpful, helpful because, because we've seen, seen how, how Ubisoft like to share the assets, assets spread, spread the wealth, wealth a little bit. bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, surprised be surprised if there's some game systems or, or, or some mechanics, something, something along the lines in, in Far Cry 5, 5 that will make, make its way into, into Division 2. two. Yeah, I like that, um, that trailer that they did for the arcade version or whatever. Just mm -hmm. Far Cry. Far Cry is going to be so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, excited I'm excited for that. That's, that's a game that, that Patriots and I are going to be playing, playing this month. month. Very, very, very much, much looking forward, forward to that. that. But that, but that uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that wraps, wraps up, up all, all the news we have, we have for this week. There was a ton, actually. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm saying, man. What, what a week. BGS Austin, Nintendo Direct, Gone Delay, Car Crash Shaming, Bioware, Division 2, and I'm sure there's probably other minor topics to get scattered over. But regardless... That'll, That'll conclude, conclude episode, episode 147 of the Ham Radio Podcast. Carrot, thank, thank you for joining, joining me. As always, always, my good friend. friend. You bet, man. It was a blast. One. And, and uh, uh, next, next week we'll be back uh, starting, starting with more Patreon guests, guests or YouTube guests, guests Twitch, Twitch streamers, what have you. you. Uh, I guess everyone really can embrace this empty spot we have and bring as many people on board as we can because that was a big focal point at the start of this year. We got a guest, really good guest in for three weeks straight and lonely leaving. And now we're going to hit the ground running again with that. So we hope you guys are looking forward to the future of this podcast as we bring on more personalities and more of you listening out there. And that'll do it for me, Carrick. Any, Any final, final words? words? Negative. Peace out, everybody. All right. All right. Have, have a good one, people. people.